Hello everyone, welcome back to a lovely Saturday afternoon in central London. Today we are filming a belting podcast with the founder of Yeezy Mafia, the founder of Hype Analyzer, the founder of Dropout, a sneaker reselling store. He's an absolute goat, he has a massive impact on our whole reselling life. And when we first started reselling, Yeezy Mafia was basically a goated media outlet. They did some insane things, they had some insane news in the time. And we're gonna film a podcast with Cola now, and it's gonna be a banger. I'm extremely excited to do it. And um, yeah, let's do this. So everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Crep Chief Podcast. Today we're back with serial entrepreneur, founder of Yeezy Mafia, Hype Analyzer and Dropout, Cola Titler. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, mate. Um, and I think a good way to kick this off will be, you know, tell us a bit about yourself, what you're doing now, how old are you and um, what's going on in your life at the minute. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for the invite for a start. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, indeed, I've had a few past ventures, you know, in the sneaker uh, business. Uh, although obviously it's not really all I do, but certainly it's been a big part of my of my life. Um, basically, to give a little bit of an overview of my my history and my background, so I was born in London um, to Nigerian parents, and then we actually moved down to Italy uh, in a place near Rome where I grew up. Um, I stayed there until I was about nineteen, and then I effectively uh, moved to the moved to the UK to study at uh, university. Um, I went to King's College London. I studied medicine. Um, and that obviously took took a long while. Uh, during the course of my studies, basically, I was uh, I was working on primarily to sustain myself, but also with my first uh, you know sort of salaries and so on. Um, I decided to cultivate my my you know sort of uh, great lost love, which was for sneakers and streetwear. Um, I remember in particular, I did a uh, I went to New York, me and my me and my sister, just for a holiday in twenty I think it was early twenty fifteen. Um, and then uh, it was basically, I think, beginning of February and so on. Um, by that time, I already had, obviously, you know, the, the interest for sneakers had been with me for a long time. But I wasn't really into the sort of buy them and flip them and so on. Uh, but then during that holiday, uh, sort of, you know, being in Manhattan and uh, in Soho in particular, I remember passing in front of this Adidas store. Uh, like, it's a, basically, you know, one of the biggest flagships for Adidas in the, in the world. And the whole uh, shop window was blocked out, and uh, there was just one sneaker, just having the left side of the Yeezy Boost 750, which was coming out on, on that weekend, on the Ulster weekend. And uh, that kind of really fostered my, my interest into, oh, wow, you know, like Adidas is literally like taking out their whole shop window just for one shoe. And then I started kind of reading more into that and obviously into the hype of, you know, for that shoe, which was to be released in very, very limited quantity. Because what sort of didn't quite make sense for me is how Adidas was focusing the you know their branding on one shoe uh, that they were gonna sell very small amounts of. Um, so you know reading around that and then uh, I think shortly after Kanye kinda released a new song uh, it's called All Day and he, I think he premiered in London and uh, you know it was bragging about how uh, his shoes will go on the secondary market for you know 15 20 grand. Uh, so from that you know basically I did more and more uh, research. Um, in the June of the same year, the the low the first low version of Adidas shoe came out. Uh, you know the the three fifty turtle dove. I signed up to only one raffle and I won. Wow! Um, literally, yeah, I remember getting this <laughs> phone call, and then basically, you know, I will never reply to numbers that I didn't know. Yeah. 
But uh, so, you know, I got this missed phone call and then I Googled the number and I see, oh, it's the Adidas flagship. Because back in the day, it's literally, they will call you yeah. if you want the raffle. So I said, it was the Adidas store. I rang them back and I was like, okay, fine. And the answer, you know, the store manager said, oh, look, you know, you've been amongst the selected individuals, come down on the 27th. So I went down. I remember, I think there was this recap from uh, High Snobody of that day. Yeah. Uh, I think it was maybe 25, 30 people that won, that's it. And, wow. you know, I'm at the front of the queue before the store opened. Yeah. And uh, I just asked the store manager, oh, like, you know, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, of cameras for just being, you know, 25 yeah. people picking up a shoe. And uh, I was like, is Kanye going to be here? And she's like, oh, yes. And, you know, and everyone wow. was like, oh, you know, she's just joking, whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we pick up the shoe. Uh, so, you know, I pick up the shoe and then they're like, oh, make sure you hang around. So, you know, we all hang around and Kanye turns up. Uh, so Kanye signed all the boxes of, of all the shoes, wow. takes one picture, which obviously goes viral. Um, and from that, you know, I was of basically my interest for the flipping side sort yeah. of, you know, skyrocketed. Uh, I flipped my pair yeah, from that day, to be fair. Do you what you sold them for? I think about 700, 700 pounds, more or wow. less. Uh, but, you know, it's pretty Sound good for, for, for yeah. one day, you know, not even one morning of, of work, let's call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then really, I mean, moving forward, I actually bought it back. So mm -hmm. I bought back the signed, uh, the signed box pair. <laughs> wow. Your yeah. exact pair? No, not that pair. I bought another pair yeah. that was signed on the same yeah. day. Yeah. It wasn't my one, it was a different one. Uh, you know, just because I think, you know, it kind of became sort of emotional attachment 100%. to me. Yeah. How much did you buy it back for? I bought it back for like 600. Okay. So it was That's still actually bad, a good yeah. deal yeah. because it was uh, used. So, you know, my one I had sold was new, you know, and I bought mm -hmm, it yeah. back used. And yeah. it was only like 130 to buy back. back the riddle was, uh, I, can't remember, I think 150, I think it was. 150. On the, on the first, very first drop, yes. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, you know, sort of uh, really gave my, my interest, yeah. you know, in, in that world. Uh, you know, I continued to study in the meantime and then... Um, what was you studying again? Medicine, medicine. Medicine. Um, so I still practice as a doctor today. Okay. Uh, which is how I spend basically my sort of you know majority of my time in uh, in London. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, back in the day, basically you know sort of alternating my studying for the course um, with uh, sort of learning you know, more and more about the rizzle industry, and I think I was quite fascinated by how there was sort of no regulation at all. Yeah. So you know you will uh, literally you know first of all there was no real regulation around you know buying and flipping for a start yeah, yeah. and then at the time stores used to do uh, raffles for the most part but you know literally you could sign up get all your friends to sign up there was nothing to prohibit that uh shortly after uh, you know the 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 store started doing uh, online signups yeah. and even then you know there was again sort of you know you could you could sign up 100 times no one yeah. would say anything um, and it was obviously, so easy back then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very easy. And then, you know, as I said, there was uh, like most people that were into into that into that segment and into you know interested into that. Uh, either they were from a background where they didn't really have a lot of uh, like you know knowledge of mathematics or statistics or mm -hmm. you know really yeah. working out the financials behind it. Yeah. Or you know the stats behind it, where it's actually um, you know I did, uh, which was probably you know, a huge advantage that I had, yeah, and I. I started pulling into it people that had, uh, so, you know, I had some very good friends that were into marketing, into, uh, into engineering, which were kind of unrelated. And then, you know, from that really kind of really, really snowballed, you know, became a lot, a lot bigger. Um, on the side, in the same period, basically I met uh, a good friend of mine online, um, which basically had started this, uh, this, this group of people that were interested yeah. in Yeezys. 
a group called Yeezy Mafia. Mm-hmm. And at the time, actually, Yeezy Mafia, when I met him, was already existing. But what it was, it was a community of individuals where they were just interested in Yeezys. Yeah. And it was literally like 10 people. That's it. Wow. Um, so before, there were some forums, like there was uh, Kanye Today and Nike Talk. There were yeah, like yeah, big yeah, online yeah. forums. On Facebook, was that? Uh, no, there were like Kanye Today was his own website and oh, Nike okay. Talk was his own website. Yeah. On Facebook, there was this group. It was called, um, I think, Sneakerhead UK. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I think Karin Lam, was it? And Sorry? Is it Karin Lam who owned that? It was Vivian, Vivian Frank, Frank for the yeah, most part. Well. And then uh, Karin did a match with him. Yeah. But Vivian was like the, the mind the behind one. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, among those things, basically, you know, that's why you will keep informed. Yeah. But it was all quite vague. So Yeezy Mafia actually was like a very close-knit community where, you know, we will sort of share information with each other. And uh, I had some good friends. You know, I'd met some good friends outside of the of the underground scene and more into the retail scene. So, mm-hmm. you know, they had the shops, they were working for Adidas. And that meant actually we will get information that was almost first-hand and it was good information. Yeah. So I remember when... Um, uh, you know, me and this friend were basically discussing and I was like, you know what, like, I think we should share, uh, yeah. you know, the information that we that we have outside of the community mm-hmm. uh, to try and gather more people to want to join the community. Yeah. And that will basically put us in a position to actually market this and, you know, sort of monetize, yeah. monetize the, the system. Yeah. So we did that. So we started sharing information. You were like the first people to really do that yeah. in the whole industry. We weren't, I mean, we weren't really the first with that because like Sneaker level. UK was doing it. Yeah, but yeah. we were the first one to be extremely accurate. Yeah. And all our information was like, you just did not find it anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. So we had, um, I think one that was very good was when uh, just early 2016, uh, Adidas was going to launch the confirmed app in Europe. Yeah. And we were the yeah. first one to say it. And uh, I think like some big, uh, sort of big uh, blogs, you know, sort of reached out to us like, oh, you know, like, where's your sources, whatever. We wouldn't release the sources. And then, uh, you know, we said, okay, look, Adidas is going re- to release the confirmed up in this city and on this day and it's going to work like this because, you know, they made yeah. some changes. And then uh, like uh, a week passes and Adidas, Adidas announces that exactly as we said it. Mm-hmm. And then everyone was like, okay, you know, those guys really know what they're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Exactly. So people started reaching out to us. Uh, you know, we did some interviews, some written, some, you know, like uh, video. Uh, and then from there, we started sort of posting more and more. And uh, the accuracy of our information became a lot even, you know, sort of even, even more precise. Yeah. Because we had, uh, you know, we had more sources by then. And then we had, you know, we were even gambling a little bit more because we started learning the patterns. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we had the information, sometimes we actually had the patterns. Yeah. So we were like, okay, you know, we know that they're going to announce the shoe nine days before yeah, and yeah. it's going to be at this time. Yeah. So, you know, we took gambles like two minutes before Adidas tweeted, we tweeted. And then wow. Adidas could, could, they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't delay it anymore. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, they couldn't delay it anymore because, you know, they, they had it scheduled. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember we had, I think there was the release of the, the kids' Yeezys. Yeah. yeah. And it was... Uh, you know, like basically we tweeted like the new emojis that uh, Apple had released with the with the kids of, you know, different sort of yeah, skin yeah. color. I actually remember that tweet. <laughs> so we tweeted that and then two minutes later, Adidas tweeted that, which is the same. <laughs> so everyone was like, no, you know, there must be insiders, oh, wow. whatever. Yeah, yeah. But really, it was just chance. Like, yeah. I mean, I'd just a big gamble. Literally, it was a huge gamble <laughs> and it was right. And then from that, you know, we sort of said, OK, now is the time, you know, that we can really monetize. So we started saying, look, you know, you can, uh, we started doing the membership thing where yeah. people could join, yeah. but literally we will drop like five membership, you know, yeah. and uh, at one specific time. And, yeah. uh, you know, our website will go crazy. You know, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. we could see the website will crash, yeah. like tens of thousands of people were in it. And then we said, okay, look, you know, if you want to, me- if you want to join, it's going to cost like 50,000 or something stupid like that. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were like, 
that's basically how we're going to fuel the exclusivity of the yeah. group. Yeah. You know, and how we're going to want people to, you know, really want to be part of this. And from that, I think really, you know, we kind of generate a new industry because I think the whole uh, cook group thing, like, you know, yeah. again, it was existing, but it was nothing yeah. like today. No. No. Um, and even, you know, Easy Mafia basically stopped being a cook group, to be fair. Yeah. But that's still, you know. So how long did it last for being like this cook group kind of? That lasted, I mean, it kind of sort of went fading. And the reason why it went fading is because we were little, you know, it was a small amount of us. Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. of us started diversifying, like, you know, like the, me, you know, I opened up my own store. So yeah. like, I kind of, you know, didn't really bother no more. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the major other guy, like, you know, he started venturing into a number of other businesses. And then all the big guys, like some of the guys, you know, basically invested their profits in, in you know, yeah. even from crypto to you know, whatever, someone, you know, some of the I guys... Bet they made a lot of money off crypto then. Sorry? I bet they made a lot of money off crypto. Yeah, some, pe- some people did, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, some people did. I think, you know, uh, I don't know exactly what everyone does now, yeah. but I know that for a fact, you know, most people there, they did well in, you know, in other industries. Mm-hmm. And I think because everyone kind of foresaw that, uh, you know, that was nice and cool, but really, you know, once you got, you know, once you've understood some principles you can apply them to, you know, the wider business industry and you can just do something else. 100%. Which is basically what I did, you know, myself. I yeah. basically said, okay, you know, and you know, I understand this industry. The the best thing for me is like, you know, do something where I can actually give my name on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we don't have to, we don't, we don't have to depend on a third party being, you know, Adidas or Kanye or whatever. Because truly, you know, like the big, big uh, factor on that was that, uh, uh, you know, Yeezy Mafia worked and, and you know, the, the system worked because, uh, Yeezy in itself did not have an official channel to release information yeah, yeah. and they didn't want to have it mm-hmm. you know but say if had they created a, a system where you know they were giving information or whatever like we would have been redundant uh, yeah, exactly. so that's that's why really you know I've, I felt that it's too much risk you know yeah it's, it's risk but also I felt that you know for, for my own sort of not life ambition but the, my, for my personality you know I think that I was getting into a territory where you know, it was, uh, I don't know, I think, you know, it wasn't uh, giving me as much satisfaction yeah, as I could yeah. have gained, you know, from other things. And, I, yeah. and again, in all of these, I was still studying, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so there was also the, you know, I'm, this is taking a lot of my time. And, uh, you know, uni is quite like, you know, probably every uni student can say is like, you know, so there's like highs and lows. Exactly. And um, you know, I think I was getting a lot into the the spirit of, you know, maybe I should just, you know, I should decide either I focus on uni or I focus on, on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, I kind of decided, okay, you know, I'm going to try and stick to both, but I need to make sure that the trade-off, so, you know, my satisfaction is at least even more yeah. than I'm getting now. So that's why I kind of, you know, took other venues. Um, and then, you know, I say, yeah, obviously, you know, there's been a lot of uh, different sort of uh, tangents that I've taken from that. Um, and I've, you know, I've met a lot of people that obviously have shaped my path, shaped, shaped, shaped um, you know, so obviously what I do now and also, you know, what I did back then. But uh, I guess... You know, that's basically was, you know, sort of the most important bit at that time. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, you know, obviously there was the, you know, as, as more people tried to do uh, cook groups and more cook groups were born, um, you know, we developed systems where, you know, we decided to expand further and give people the opportunity to buy those shoes the yeah. same way that we were. Yeah. So I developed this, this system, which was, uh, you know, we will basically allow people uh, to have an easier way of buying the, shoe, the limited yeah. edition shoes. You know, with this cart platform where yeah. we basically mm-hmm. add to the cart on the website. Which I think you like, that, that was basically pioneered by you guys and that's a system that we use now regularly. And 
And until you guys had done that, I hadn't really heard about anybody actually selling carts and selling the actual opportunity to purchase a shoe. So that was really like a very pioneered thing. I think again, even then, to be fair, I don't think we were the very first ones to do mm. it, but we were the first ones to do yeah. it in that specific way. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, you know, we did it in a way where, you know, we really knew what we were doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had a very structured setup where, you know, we had uh, people had accounts, you know, we had token yep. system, there was a support system, mm-hmm. um, you know, we had, a, obviously, you know, we had good refund in place, we had some customer service in place. Yeah, it was a full business, yeah. wasn't it? You know, exactly, yeah, it was, you know, it was structured like a business, we yeah. used, uh, you know, what was there before was very, like, amateur. I mean, ours was still amateurial because really, you know, I was a self-taught uh, coder anyway, yeah. you know, and everyone involved in it was a self-taught coder, everyone. Yeah. So, you know, we just literally learned ourselves because the reality yeah. is that, you know, we, 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 we saw it as... Um, you know what, like, you know, I'm not going to hire a professional engineer to, this, to do this because, you know, professional computer engineering are not into this. And last yeah. thing I want is get professional hackers into this because yeah. they're going to take the whole thing. Yeah. They're going to take me yeah. out of it, which obviously is what, I mean, I, I, I knew that that was, in, um, you know, sort of inevitable. Yeah. And that kind of happened later, you know. So, and then the brand started hiring, uh, like, professional hackers because mm-hmm. really that's the only thing that you can do. Yeah. Come you know, to, to, to contrast, you know, to <laughs> contrast the guys. Yeah. So, you know, I think... Uh, you know, we were doing that at the time and, you know, we tried to kept it up as much as we could, um, which, which we you know, we did to an extent, but I said, I think, again, even then, what was really important was that at the same time we were developing, you know, sort of farther ways to monetize. We were developing, you know, farther ways to structure our business. We were, uh, you know, the brand as well, you know, became a huge part to, to which, you know, the, the other guy really was, the, you know, was the main yeah. mind behind that. And, uh, you know, there was a big component that was the merch. Yeah. So the you know the match behind that was crazy. You know the the sales was ridiculous. Yeah. Did you sell? Did you sell a lot of the match? So you know the sale was selling like absolutely crazy. You know wow. I think even till today, uh, you know if I think but even by today's standards yeah. of you know certain brands that sale was that that sale through was was incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a rough figure of how much that merch you sold? You know, I would say um, you know the, the figure was really high, but I don't have to say because that because I wasn't the mind behind that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I rather I rather not say, but yeah, I would no say worries. it's probably more than a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely, you know, I would say like you know I, I used to walk around London, you know, where I live, and I would see literally see people wearing. Wow, that was crazy. you know my you know my partner at the time. I remember we'd go out in LA and still we'd see people wearing it. You oh, know, wow. in um, in Fairfax a lot yeah, and then you wow. know he did a he did a pop-up in Fairfax and that went absolutely insane so you know that 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 was very good and also I think it taught us a lot about how to manage you know release of, of clothing yeah. um, you know which now to me for example has come useful where you know with uh, with Japan we do clothing and then mm-hmm. obviously my partner at the time you know he did fire the clothing you know on, on mm-hmm. a different name and uh, and again you know he obviously gave us a lot of, 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 of understanding yeah. of how it all works because I think, you know, a lot of those things, uh, you know, maybe you, one may think that, you know, you wake up and you do that, but you don't, you know, like, I mean, you, you can, but... It takes time and effort. Exactly, you know, it takes time and effort, and I think for a lot of those things, it probably looks as if, you know, we did a lot of easy stuff, yeah. but I think nothing we did was really easy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, from uh, self-teaching how to code, to, you know, managing mm-hmm. drops, to, you know, managing the, even the social media, I think it was, it was tough. Um, and it took a lot of effort, and it took a lot of commitment, and, you know, and even now, I mean, personally, I'm really satisfied, you know, of how, how it all worked out. Yeah. But, you know, even now, uh, you know, the things that we do now, that I do now, uh, even though, you know, I'm quite separated from, mm-hmm. you know, Yeezy Mafia as it was now, um, I think it's still a good reflection and a good uh, mm-hmm. sort of fruit of, of what came from that. Yeah, and it was probably an amazing stepping stone for you, like you said, to learn all these things and, you know, get yourself into the situation you are in now. And are you still part of, like, Yeezy Mafia now? Is it still, like, ongoing running 
with you involved are. So I mean, it's, it's still it's still running and ongoing. You know, mm-hmm. wider than ever, to be fair. And yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not involved truly at the moment. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, the connections remain. Yeah. Um, you know, the direct line of uh, of talking and discussion remain, but truly in itself as a you know as an entity and as a business, I'm not involved. As mm-hmm. in, you know, I don't make any money yeah. from it. Um, you know, I don't have any. Uh, you know, I don't make any decision pertaining yeah. what is the branding or whatever. Mm. Uh, I think you know, I went, I went past that, and I think you know, at some point, I did have to make the decision where, you know, like where am I going to focus my resources and mm-hmm. you know, what's giving me what. And then really, it also came to the fact that I kind of wanted to be, you know, to me, one of the most important thing, as a lot of people really feel, is being the boss of myself. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's where I decided that you know, doing something from complete scratch, which is not dependent from others. Mm-hmm. Where you know even the name you know is not uh, you know a spin-off of others. Yeah. I think that was really you know what I needed. Obviously, you know a, a good chunk of what we did in my face now is is secondary to what it was, yeah. you know, and secondary to what I was part of. But now you know it's uh, I think it's developed and it's matured a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, with, without me really. So you know, I think I think you know, I'm glad that it that it is the way it has been. Yeah. And I said you know I've got still obviously you know the connection is there and um, you know I'm. You know, I'm still I'm still in the in the sphere. Yeah. Let's put it that way. You're still yeah. in the loop, but no. Yeah, exactly. Definitely still yeah. in the loop. Yes. I think something that I'm personally interested in is like over the years that you did Yeezy Mafia and you did the cut group scene, like some of the highlight sneakers that like some of the massive drops, like butters, breads, something like surely you was getting like hundreds of thousands of pairs. Yeah. Was you actively like reselling during that time, or was you just more focusing on like Yeezy Mafia and, yeah. and the, the monetization of Yeezy Mafia? I think Mafia? Uh, at the time, basically, uh, bear in mind, you know, I, I kind of grow as a sneakerhead therefore you know yeah. my main you know the main thing as a sneakerhead is really you buy one shoe you sell other shoes or you can buy other shoes yeah. that you don't have and that's how you grow your collection then you trade yeah. and so on and so forth so really that's basically what it was about for me for the most part mm-hmm. so i got to a point where i probably have hundreds of pairs in my collection and uh, the reality is that you know buying tens and hundreds of pairs and whatever that's what it was really you know focused yeah. on that's what it was really about it was about you know getting huge amount of pairs to flip them and get you know widen your collection mm-hmm. get that shoe that you really wanted you know get that really really sort of rare drop from 10 years ago the one that you know you, you grew yeah. up wanting but you couldn't buy whatever you know <laughs> which is what to me that's what basically what i ended up doing yeah um but you know i mean some major drops really were you know the initial 350 v2s mm-hmm. uh you know those were major drops then we had um uh again it's probably some of the 750s not the og ones but you know yeah. the like the gray gums yeah, like grey gums and the the chocolate ones. Yeah. Um, you know those those ones were were major drops. Then uh, slightly later we had, uh, you know, for me personally we had the the off white ones really. Yeah. Uh, you know where things again that obviously that was Nike and then you know things that were different. But even then, I think mean, you know they like say that the expertise can be useful. I would yep. put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were really you know the the major ones. But then I said you know for me, what really came out of those was first of all you know the knowledge of how. The, the sneaker economy works yeah and then also how uh, you know obviously fostering those communities and fostering those connections because at the end of the day yeah even you know as i opened up the store later you know we are still a big community even mm-hmm. all store owners like i probably know all the major store owners in in europe and, yeah, um, yeah. and at least in la and new york and it's got to do with with that time you know because we were all sort of you know discussing with each other and you know talking with each other so that's really what was my take away from that yeah which has got you know a value that is way beyond the you know the financial aspect of it yeah like the people that you can meet from sneakers are mental like we just like i think the way that we know you is through basically a whatsapp buy and sell group mm-hmm. um which was basically like that was almost a bit closed off as well like it was a bit of a i don't know how i actually found myself in there or 
Yeah, you was in it as well, weren't you, Will? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I can't remember how we actually found ourselves in there, but I think one day we just like stumbled upon it and we realised that this is full of like a lot of big people within the sneaker community, um, all going for big drops and whatever. Um, but can you remember how that actually came about, that group? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there was, a, there was a few like sort of bulk buyers, let's call them in London, yeah. where they would buy from individuals that used to have like a, you know, a good quantity of sneakers and yeah. send uh, like, you know, Middle East or, you know, East Asia, yeah. for example. And like the idea was from one of those guys to have, a, have in one place, a play, a, you know, the, a number of individuals that could um, provide, you know, sort of big numbers and uh, make yeah. it easy and, you know, make mm-hmm. have people that were legit. And, uh, you know, I remember really, you know, I had uh, certain drops, even, you know, 20, 30, whatever pairs of, of, of sneakers that I had uh, that gotten, you know, maybe from online releases or whatever. And um, that group was about finding an easy, you know, finding buyers in a very easy way, yeah, yeah. you know, because uh, the thing, the other thing is this, I said, you know, uh, it's, it's not easy. So, you know, even finding them, dealing with, say, even if you have 50 pairs of sneakers to flip, yeah. even, you know, f- dealing with 50 people is a lot of effort, it's a lot of moving, mm-hmm. a lot of logistics, yeah. you know, and uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of transactions. It's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's con- it can be complicated. Yeah, for sure. So that basically was about making it easier. And then, you know, more, as, as obviously, as all of us were dealing with more people, then people were inviting other people. And then, you yeah. know, obviously, the group got bigger and it was all about, you know, having trusted people there. Because, yeah. you know, the the reality is that when you were going to a huge marketplace, say, I don't know, you know, eBay, whatever, yeah. uh, you were, you know, the, the risk of being scammed was huge. Because in such an unregulated industry, you know, the risk of being scammed is absolutely insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that's obviously, even nowadays, you know, that's what, you know, stores like mine are based on. You know, we're yeah. based on the fact that, you know, we make it easy for you, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's an authentic shoe, you know, it's trusted by, you get you, the same day. You know, like. Exactly, you know, it's very simple, you know, as, as we know, you know, we, you know, you're not just selling a product, you're selling a service, you know, every yeah. time with it. Yeah. And the service is that ensuring, you know, that having that, having that recognition of the legitimate business, you know, having that recognition of a place where, you know, you buy hassle-free, you know, like yeah. my store and many other stores have in Europe and some of the marketplaces, that's basically was, uh, that's, that's what the, you know, that, what the group was about. And actually, if you think about it, you know, even this, the stores like mine, we actually came after those groups. Mm-hmm. You know, I think m- most of the big stores, other than obviously the huge American ones, yeah. uh, probably in fact, other than Flight Club, I even think, if I'm not wrong, Stadium Goods even opened around that time. No, so no, actually, you know, even, even other than Flight Club, kind of everyone else came later. You know, mm-hmm. we literally came later because we probably all saw, you know, the, how those groups were, you know, yeah. where individuals were trading with each other. And it's about, you know, sort of that legitimacy. And, uh, and knowing, you know, sort of who you're buying from and also, you know, sort of, you know, uh, who you're selling to. Because, you know, buy- scammers could come in this industry, both as buyers and as sellers. Yeah, it works mm-hmm. both ways. Like, I, I remember, like, um, so if you got a new buyer or whatever, you basically post, let's just say it was Yeezy Talk Worldwide, Facebook group, yeah. and it was like, legit check on myself. And yeah. You'd have to tag yeah. everyone in the comments to yeah, basically yeah. get a legit check on yourself. Exactly, you know, so literally it's like, you know, for, for my store, for example, I say, you know, they, they let you check is like, you know, the tens of thousands of people that buy from us. Yeah. You know, and, and same, obviously, you know, for all the other guys. So literally, the, now that's how they, where the industry has moved. Yeah. Um, whilst, you know, the whole, because, um, you know, the whole, uh, like, one-to-one selling has become very different now and very yeah, difficult. And probably to an extent, you know, the reality is that, uh, you know, one may argue that, you know, the, the retail industry, as, as we know it, you know, from a few years ago, has died, but probably... Uh, it's I think, just changed. I think that it's changed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that, you know, the one-to-one uh, transaction have changed. And, yeah. you know, that level of uh, legitimacy and recognition yeah. has kind of gone, gone down, you know, south a lot. Yeah. Which means that individual, you know, 
may struggle to sell them, you know, to sell those, those pair of sneakers to one person as, as yeah. we used to do that before. Yeah, I think totally. Sorry to interrupt you. No. Basically, like, um, I think the one-to-one transactions between people have totally changed due to a platform such as StockX and eBay authentication. Like, I remember when I started, like, I'd never sell on StockX, yeah. really. Yeah. Because I could just, I knew that the price was better, basically selling on a group or like yeah. a forum or whatever. You just meet someone, you get cash price. Yeah. It's just easier for me. Whereas StockX was just major fees and, like, they never had, you'd have to pay, um, like, taxes. It only shipped to America yeah, back yeah. in the day. Like, it's changed now, but... And yeah, even I'm then, like, when, even then when, like, Yeezys first started and stuff like that, there was no StockX and stuff like that. The only place no. you did have to sell was on, like, Facebook groups and, like, yeah, individual literally. people. And I remember all my first pairs of Yeezys, like, 1050 Grey Gums and stuff like that, they all got sold to just, like, an individual person off a Facebook group. Yeah. And that was it. That was the only place yeah. to sell them at that point. Like, if we got bulk sneakers, we'd only go to, like one buyer like they they'd agree a price beforehand sometimes they give us cash beforehand to even pay for them like obviously after mm. a few transactions like of dealing with this person that's where yeah, the, yeah. the trust comes from um but yeah like there was no like these platforms or no like stores that you could go and cash out no, to like exactly i mean it was fully underground like i mean everyone who, who literally read on Kanye today you will know the level of underground that it was mm-hmm. yeah. it was literally like you know you will meet someone in real life and you will call them by their online username <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. but obviously you know then StockX came in uh, 2016 i believe and obviously you know they made a huge change into to the industry yep. uh you know for some things for good some things for bad and then uh, until 2018 they weren't in europe really so you know they opened i remember i think uh october november 2018 because it was just after we opened you know i opened dropout and uh, that again you know was a huge change but even then you know it actually allowed um you know it allowed the the industry to have a lot more recognition because before yeah you know i think if you guys remember it was just people like us which uh, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah we are all born as sneakerhead really with like the occasional flipper was actually probably rarer than it is now because yeah. now it's so widespread and now you know before it was a situation where say you know you were wearing the 750 or g's and like, you know i will see you in the street and i will be like okay i know that you know yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody else would know like yeah. exactly like a- you know, like, oh, what's this odd pair of shoes <laughs> whereas now you know like you know you see a pair of nike dunk panda like people don't really know they don't really care yeah, yeah, they yeah. just you know they like the shoe and actually they don't know that the reason why yeah. they like the shoe is yeah. this industry yeah. you yeah. know it's that industry so you know people come to my you know, people, for example, come to my store and they're buying a pair of shoes to just wear casually. They, you know, they just paint whatever I ask no. for. They don't yeah, care about their whole background reason. They absolutely do not no. care. You know, and that's how you know this this has developed, which I think is is very interesting because it's part of the of the of the wider fashion industry now. You know, I think it's it's gone from that uh, very underground world where we were. You know, it's emerged into this surface. Yeah. You know, that's sort of environment where again, you know, now we all participate. These hype sneakers and whatever are now part of major fashion. Like I'd say it was a bit more niche and whatever back in the day, but now yeah. it's just like, if you've not got a pair of dunks, then like, that's what's your outfit yeah. like. Yeah. Fully, <laughs> yeah. Exactly, absolutely. You know, and uh, before it was literally like, you know, you know, we saw each other, like, you know, we knew what we were about. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, it's more, it's, it's very mainstream. We'll go over some of these shoes because these are insane. Yeah. You'll never see any of these. Some, some, I mean, yeah, most of, yeah, I guess some you couldn't. This one, probably not. You know, yeah. like you are a sneakerhead deep down. Like as you can uh, see, like, yeah. your collection is crazy. If crazy, you don't mind crazy. me asking, like, what is the size of like your sneaker collection now? Obviously, said you're no, now it's smaller than it was pu- yeah. because you get to the point where I think, as um, especially as uh, you know, you're running a business and you know you're working because I'm, you know, as I say, I'm working as a doctor still. Um, there's one thing where. I've seen also, you know, a lot of big entrepreneurs or a lot of even small entrepreneurs learned that. Uh, time is really valuable and the time that I was taking in deciding what to wear deciding whatever is, is too much 
Yeah. Therefore, I actually so downsized a little bit. So now I probably have maybe 60 pairs. Okay. Uh, which is still a lot still of pairs. Lot still of a lot of pairs. Still a lot of pairs. But it's like nothing compared to previously. And uh, it's mostly like, you know, like emotional values type, mm-hmm. type of, uh, of pairs, you know, where, um, you know, for example, I can, I can you know, talk about this. Yeah. Um, you know, this is basically an Air Max 97 and it's, you know, signed by, by Eminem. There's only eight pairs of, of, of those ones in the world. Um, That's and <laughs> every pair is a different size. Yeah. And uh, Eminem signed all of them, you know, for a charity. And basically, when I was little, yeah, you know, I really wanted Air Max 97s. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they were quite expensive, like, you know, just the regular, the silver ones. Because in Italy, uh, you know, as, as probably every sneakerhead knows, the Air Max 97 was like the Italian shoe. Mm-hmm. You know, the silver bullet. The yeah. silver bullet, exactly. Yeah. That was like, you know, it had Italy written all over it. <laughs> that was one of the first sneakers that I ever went for, the silver bullet. <laughs> so, that. you know, I really wanted them, but I didn't have them. So, you know, growing up, you know, and kind of my mates had them. So it was that, you know, you know, it was kind yeah. of that one where like, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to have one of those yeah. type thing. And, you know, Eminem was my fam- favorite rapper. You know, I think mm-hmm. I was really kind of recognizing myself in a lot of his lyrics. And I remember, basically, Eminem went to, to this big festival in Italy, in, I think the year 2000, yep. and they didn't let him perform. So, it was, you know, it was a huge thing where, like, you know, they literally just banned him from performing on stage. Wow. Uh, this was literally, I think, 2000 or 2001. So, you know, growing up, whatever, then, you know, I think I got to a point where, you know, relatively comfortable financially, and then I knew, you know, I learned more about sneakers, I learned about this pair of Air Max 97 that was, you know, signed by Eminem, yeah. and there was one pair in the world that was my size, I said. <laughs> No. It's yours. <laughs> I, said, yeah, I don't care, you know. So you know, basically, I, I worked out who had it, contacted them. The pair was brand new on war, and I was wow. like, yeah, "That's that. That's it. You know, it's got my name written all over it." Uh, so I had to fly to a different country to get it. So the funny thing, we literally met up at the airport. So you know, I, I paid for the shoe, got them, flew back, same day flight. Uh, you know, and that's basically you know, that's that's how I got this. And now you know, this is obviously you know, it was it, it had that. No, I made it type of moment, but the, you know, sort of uh, bucket list tick yeah, yeah, type of sure. moment, you know, kind of like that. So, I mean, that's probably, you know, one of my, um, you know, favorite sneakers and, uh, you know, one of the sort of most important for me from that, from that perspective. Obviously, you know, there's many others, uh, but that's probably take the, take the throne. That is a crazy story, then. Literally that's flying nice. to a different country to collect yeah. to your bucket list sneaker. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say the worth right now? I would say now they're worth whatever I want for them because, you know, I'm the only one that has them. Yeah, so, it's one of one. Yeah. Name you know, price. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's whatever. But probably we're talking tens of thousands, I would say. Yeah, yeah. easily. That's something that you'd never sell, though. Yeah. You know, I mean... I wouldn't say yeah. never. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. No, I wouldn't say never sell. You know, I would. I would be lying yeah. if I say never sell because you it's know circum- circumstances may change. Yeah, and yeah. then again, I think you know I'm, I'm a person in continuous evolution, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I I wanted to do that and I did that. So I'm very and I also noticed you know even even with my business for example you know I I can you know I wanted to open the store and I opened the store. And then I wanted the store to be in a better area. And then, so, you know, I opened it in a better area. Mm-hmm. And yep. now I want, you know, my brand to be, to expand more, you know, as, as a brand rather than just a store. So now I'm doing that. So, you know, I'm always about, you know, sort of what's the next uh, challenge, which to an extent, uh, you know, is, is, is got a big downside because obviously, you know, you're always chasing the next thing. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's, there's never an arrival because, you know, yeah. you're always in the run, you're always uh, whatever. But at the same time, you know, that's just where I am. And that's how, you know, I sort of get myself to become better. And, uh, you know, selling my part of my collection probably come from that. At the moment, really, you know, my major pieces, I have all of them. But say, you know, say if tomorrow I really need whatever for financial or whatever reason, yeah. 
at the end of the day, they're assets. Like, yeah, you know, they, I want, they I want really good assets. You know, I want like, you know, those are assets. You know, so when I buy them, I'm, I'm, I'm also thinking, you know, like it's money in the bank. Literally, you know, you're mm-hmm. buying, you know, you're buying uh, gold. You know, you're buying exactly. whatever. Yeah. I, I'm buying sneakers. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm doing the same. Like, you know, yeah. and also really the reality is that I look at my collection and probably in, 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 in value, it's definitely outgrown a lot of the, you know, stock market. Yeah, 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 yeah it's, sure. It's yeah. probably outgrown some of the, the cryptocurrencies as right well. Right now, so. yeah. <laughs> sure, right now. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, I had to make, I had to make my evaluation yeah. and, you know, that's, that's what I did. And, uh, you know, as, as, you know, one very important thing for it, obviously, I mentioned several times in the past that me and a friend, you know, created this system where basically we were evaluating how to do this. Yeah. So, you know, we were evaluating how to invest in sneakers. So, you know, we created this, this uh, automated system that basically would evaluate for us which sneakers were better to buy. So, you know, we called it Hype Analyzer. And uh, initially it was basically very private. Mm-hmm. And what we did was, um, you know, because I had some, uh, you know, I had some uh, sort of uh, money aside mm-hmm. and I wanted to invest in sneakers, but there's so many sneakers by that yeah. time. And I was like, how am I going to pick which one? Because this was about buying them on the resale market because yeah. knowing yeah. that some of them still grow regardless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if a sneaker retail for 200 pounds, I can buy them for 400, but it will go to 600. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to buy for 400. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good investment. You know, exactly. Yeah. It's just a good investment. So um, we gave access to this tool to other people. Mm-hmm. We gave them access to our funds. And the point was, uh, you know, getting them to getting them to, to buy with our money. And, uh, you know, it worked. It worked mm-hmm. very well. In fact, actually, the money with which I opened the store came from that. Okay, um, yeah. So really, you know, it, it did work. And I still had, you know, a sizable chunk of my collection at that time. I had a sizable chunk of stock. Um, and, uh, you know, basically what we did later was kind of expanding a little bit, uh, the, the tool to have a public phase for it yeah. where individuals, you know, could consult what were, you know, sneakers in trend. And, uh, you know, it, it actually came, uh, it came very useful because we then had data for the clicks and now Hype Analyzer Online does, um, like around, I think 500 to seven to 600, uh, users a year. Uh, which gives us a lot of clicks on the data. You know, it gives us a lot of data yeah. on which sneakers are more hyped. And when I opened the store in 2018, you know, basically I remember walking into Flight Club and then walking into, you know, a number of other stores and being like, what is it that I don't like? And the uh, first thing is, you know, I come here and I'm too overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, because by that, by that time I was already developing the thing where I realized that, um, you know, my time is really valuable and mm-hmm. choice takes too much time. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to open a store in my store. I'm not going to have a whole wall of sneakers stuff to, you know, ceiling yeah. to floor. Yeah. I'm going to pick the, the stickers that the people want and I'm only going to show those. So we worked out what are people clicking on Hype Analyzer. Yeah. So people were only clicking 50 sneakers, you know, the top 50, yeah. after which the traffic is seriously decreased. Yeah. So, you know, we said that we're going to have 50 sneakers on display. Mm-hmm. And then we had the 10. We, the reason why we had the 10 was because... Uh, um, the off-white 10. No, we had the we had the ten more sneakers because oh, okay. uh, we thought that uh, you know, say for example, you have a sneaker that you really want to sell because because you just got leftovers. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we you want to be able to put that without taking out the hyped sneakers, mm-hmm. and then we added the further eight, which were in glass cases, mm-hmm. which were gonna be very rare shoes that maybe people didn't even know. Yeah. But that were you know where the the shoes were you know like people would take pictures of it. Yeah. And it would be free promo. Yeah. It's like wow sneakers. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so we had a total of, uh, of 68 sneakers. Actually, no, we had 69 because uh, for the way the display worked, we needed 69. <laughs> yeah. We had to round it up. Uh, anyway, and that's what we did. But then obviously, you know, in the second store, we increased the amount because now people are clicking on a lot more sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, did, we basically did it again. That's interesting. So yeah. how, like, how has the trend like, changed from when you started Hype Analyzer to like, the trends now? Like, 
Could you talk a little bit about that? Like, I think I think back then, you know, it was uh, the prices in the retail industry were higher, and you know there was uh, I think it grown gradually to people seeking more and more that exclusive shoe. Yeah. In particular, you know the Yeezy 350 V2. Mm-hmm. You know I think that was the shoe that kind of. Uh, made the, you know started making the, the sneaker market as it is now yeah, yeah. you know with more general public getting into it um, and then you know sort of the most sneakers have come uh, the the Jordan one made yeah. all, had this huge revival with 100%. tons of colorways and uh, you know that became more mainstream and then Nike you know pushed out the mid mm-hmm. the mid you know absolute genius by Nike I think, you know mm-hmm. Nike is literally the company where you know Phil Knight uh, is, is the person I looked up to you know I look up yeah. to and Nike is the company where I'm always like, you know, if, if I could be a tenth of what they are, yeah. not even a tenth, you know, a, <laughs> sort of a thousandth of what they are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'll be happy. They're very um, consistent on the resale, Nike. Exactly. You know, they absolutely, you know, they literally invented the resale market. And, you know, they invented what the resale market is now. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've, uh, they've basically changed the trend where, you know, they've gone to the mainstream and literally they've managed to find the, the perfect balance between... Uh, uh, you know the mainstream uh, sort of sneakers and the and the limited edition sneakers because they're doing both mm-hmm. and they're selling yeah. out of both. You know it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's white Air Force ones right now. Literally, you literally <laughs> cannot buy Air Force ones exactly. And then, you know the sneakers have come like the you know like the Nike Dunk. Now everyone wants the Nike Dunk. It's restocking every other week. Yeah, yeah. the Panda Dunk is yeah. insane. It's literally Four or five re- times a week in your local store. It's literally restocking every other week, but people come to my store and pay more because they just want it. Yeah. You know, they've created that demand is insane. Now New Balance has done the same. You know, I think New Balance on the rise yeah. uh, is, is insane yeah. what, what we're seeing because maybe people actually don't realize, but they've done their collab with, you know, um, uh, Leon Doré. And uh, Jack Harlow as well is really booming them. Exactly, you know they've they've done those and you know, they've put those five five fifties onto the yeah. map. However, what really has happened is that uh, you know the five fifties have put the brand onto the map, but uh, literally now everyone is buying New Balances regardless if they're five fifties yeah. or yeah. not. Because you can't get the five fifties, they just work their way down to another. So New Balance style. exactly is really managed to create a situation where everyone just buys New Balance. Like, it doesn't matter what model it is. No. Yeah. So, you know, literally, you have seen so many New Balances out there and obviously it's, it's crazy. You know, we see it, you know, we see that, uh, you know, in our, st- you know, my store, yeah. you know, yeah. we see, we see that people are just buying whatever New Balance we offer. And it's a colorway wow. that, you know, maybe we, people put in consignment just because just they bought it by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> We're still selling it, you know, because people see New Balance, they see that it's, it's next to, you know, the, the limited edition, mm-hmm. they're buying it. So I think you know that's obviously changed, um, and you know it's caused obviously a huge shift as well in the, in the you know in the in, in people like you know that have stores like me or people that have uh, you know that they, that even have you know that are just private resellers yeah. or whatever because shoppers. you know you you need exactly personal shoppers you know because you need to know uh, you need to know all those things you know if you want to make a good profit because also the, the, the you know the huge disadvantage and the huge uh, problem is uh, being left with uh, leftover stock yeah. uh, and that really is what kills a business you know the leftover yeah, stock so you know it's all about sort of understanding you know what the market is where it's going ideally you want to be a little bit ahead of it and you know and if you can you know understanding that data so is it all your own stock or do you do consignment as well so it's, it's uh, for the most part our own stock because we still uh, employ a system where uh, you know, we 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 are um, investing in sneakers, yeah. but yeah. now you know we're flipping them directly. We cut out yeah. the middleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm still buying the sneaker at the cheapest part of you know part of the market, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and you know we're selling them at the higher part of the market because yeah. you know we're selling them directly to the final customer. And we have generated uh, recently, you know, which is our latest addition. We generated this platform where uh, I mean, it's only need, well, it's only in the in the in Europe. You know, I mean, in the EU. Where you can sell directly to us with a completely automated system, other than the uh, authentication, and uh, you basically get the highest payout online. Yeah. Wow. So uh, we pay more than uh, any other competitor, 
and it's all automated because we sell at a higher price than any other competitor. Yeah. Yeah. And the platform automatically works out what the shoes are that we need. Wow. It looks at, uh, you know, we've, we've developed and we spent as well on, on some very uh, advanced analytics software where we are basically um, dividing uh, stock in class A, B and C, which is something obviously, you know, big corporations do. Yeah. And uh, they're looking at, uh, you know, how fast that does this item sell, how, you know, how many, uh, you know, how soon do I need the restock of this item and so on. Yeah. And we kind of automated that part within the retail industry. Yeah. So, you know, by doing that, we can, uh, you know, we move to a system where actually we are still able to, you know, we're even able to buy in the retail, uh, you know, buy at retail price and sell for double the price, you know, in-store comfortably. Yeah, yeah. Which is something that, you know, in an industry which has got traditionally a, a markup, which is 20% mm-hmm. yep. or 25% is, is, is quite good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's basically where, where you know, it's heading for, for me. I think now if you want to, you know, if you want to make uh, a business which is, which is good and which is uh, sustainable, you need to make sure that you know, uh, you know, what you need to buy. Um, sort sure of a little bit, good. exactly, you know, yeah. a, little, a little bit ahead. Because uh, obviously, you know, the last thing you want, for example, is, uh, I don't know, you know, having, having a shoe that is, is a little bit past, yeah. you know, and then, you know, you're just stuck with it. And, uh, you know, because stores like mine, we don't do sales, you know, and uh, course, if, yeah. if you're stuck with, if you're stuck with, uh, with less over stock, we left with a lot of less over stock, that's, you know, you're in big trouble. Yeah, I can imagine it's a big problem. And it's like, it's not many, like, if you've got leftover stock, for example, it's not like you can easily shift that out. Like, you're the people who people are, like, easily shifting stock to. So I can imagine you're left in a bit of a sticky situation. And has that, is, has that happened to I imagine it has happened to you. And if so, you know, what was the reasoning behind that? And, like, what were the shoes that did leave you empty-handed? I mean, we've... Uh, We've, I mean, thankfully, we, you know, we're, we're relatively good with it, mm-hmm. I have to say. Like our our sell-through are actually quite high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've, uh, we've, t- we've taken some else, you know, as we say. Yeah, um, <laughs> the game. You know, like the, the Dragon Ball shoes, I mean, we still got the song. We still oh, got okay. some. Yeah. Um, those, those are like yeah, a big I remember when they came out. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, we, I mean, having said that, I mean, I have to say, probably, all in all, we've made a profit. Probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, they take up space in your stock. Yeah. Room. Yeah, that, that's another big one. Because imagine if you if you keep having like you know a, a temper here, a temper there, a temper there, whatever, they end up taking a lot of stock room. And you know, for example, we have had to take extra stock rooms, mm-hmm. um, which you know we've made profit, but you know now we have to pay for an extra stock room. Yeah. So really, you know, like you know, have we really made profit on that shoe? Yeah. Difficult to quantify. But otherwise, you know, I think we're pretty good. And generally speaking, you know, sooner or later we we will sell kind of most things. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. most things. Yeah. Very interesting. So going on from there, you know, what was the actual like fundamental factor that like got you to start dropout? Was it the fact of like you seen because obviously like from what I've gathered is you know you've seen the evolution of like this whole sneaker market coming and you know was it just basically that you seen it evolving in this way and like like you said with the buy and sell groups you know it made it easier was that like your reason for starting dropout? I think I mean obviously it was a combination of of, of reasons. Um, you know, first of all, doing something that had my very own signature in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, dropout came because I was a union at the time and yeah. I couldn't be bothered studying any further. Uh, but I didn't want it to drop out. Yeah. But I kind of wanted to drop out. So yeah. the store was called dropout because of that. And um, you know, it was purposely spelt you know as as one word because it, it was also sort of a shout out to, co- to college dropout. Yeah. Uh, you know, which Kanye's album. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I remember, I mean, it was kind of a little bit of a sidetrack, but when I was 16, uh, I had quite a severe accident and I ended up in, uh, in a hospital in intensive care for quite a while. And uh, when I was going to the event that where I had the accident, I was listening to Kanye. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, not obviously, you know, that it, it brought me bad luck, but it was kind of one of those things where, like, it means it, you know, yeah, you know, I'm going to make this, you know, mean really mean something for yeah, me. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of why I gave, the, you know, the, the name to the store. And then, obviously, there was the, you know, I can see where this is heading. I was thinking that, you know, this market is going to become so mainstream mm-hmm. that if I open a store now, and in Italy, you know, there was nothing, I mean, another store was existing. Yeah. You know, my guys, you know, my friends from Big Soup in Rome, you know, obviously, shout out to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, they came before me and, you know, they were doing an absolutely amazing job but uh, I wanted to be in Milan, you know, the fashion capital yeah. of the country. And I wanted to do something where, you know, I want people, you know, sort of in five years' time to, you know, I want everyone who knows about sneakers and knows about streetwear to know about my store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now I think we're probably close to that. Yeah, um, you know, I think that kind of p- people in, a, you know, certainly in Milan and probably at least in, in, the, in northern Italy, you know, if you know about streetwear, you, you heard about dropout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we want to, you know, we want to expand further. So, you know, where we're going fact, you know, further is, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to open 100 dropouts. You know, it's not mm-hmm. what I want, but I want people to know dropouts. So, yeah. therefore, you know, I want people to buy more online from us. Mm-hmm. You know, I want people to buy more of dropout branded stuff. You know, I want people to... Uh, you know, reflecting in who we are, as in, you know, us founders and us, uh, you know, sort of management of yeah. the group. And I suppose the meaning of the whole the yeah. dropout situation. You know, exactly. I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very a situation where, you know, look, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's probably easy, you know, we all hear those motivational quotes, like, you know, you can be whatever, but yeah. truly for me, it is like, you know, I, I wanted to do X and, you know, yeah. I work to X, you know, so I work easily like you know 16 hour days 17 18 hour days uh, easily like easily mm-hmm. between the hospital and drop out and you know the traveling i almost have no days off but you know that's that's what i want that's what i like and uh, you know it shows to me that actually you know i, I can do what i want you know if, yeah. if, if you know if i try hard enough and uh, that's what i want to put you know that's what i want drop out to me now you know as mm-hmm. a brand as well therefore you know whenever we drop our new clothing and you know we see more and more people buying them you know that's all it is about yeah. and i want you know this to expand even further so you know now we're doing a lot of work on branding, a lot of bra- a lot of work on uh, on um, on you know the sort of the strategic element of it, mm-hmm. as in you know where the branding is is shown, you know, and where and you know what dropout means and who comes in dropout, because yeah. you know sort of by the nature of the business, you know we get people that spend a lot, mm-hmm. you know we get a lot of celebrities, we get yeah. a lot of sports people, you know the usual stuff. Um, and I want people to actually, you know, sort of recognize themselves that those people are not that far removed, yeah, you no. know, because, you know, I, I used to, you know, I used to watch uh, those, you know, big teams in the, in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, my favorite footballer from 15 years ago now comes to shop in my store. You know, okay. I used to, you know, I used to, in, when I moved to London, I used to watch Chelsea. Almost, you know, every other week I was at Stamford Bridge. Mm-hmm. Now, Chelsea player are in Milan. They come to my store. So, you know, it's, it's all about, yeah. you know, literally, you know, I, I did it, you know, yeah, from exactly. that perspective. Yeah. And, and, you know, everyone can. Yeah. So I want people, you know, to recognize themselves in that. Um, so, and obviously, it's a lot, you know, sort of metaphoric type thing. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's also real, you know, and it's factual. And I like that, you yeah. know, you can literally... You know, you can go to drop out in Milan, you know, you see the store and then you come home and you can, you know, look out, you know, look for who's behind that and you find it mm-hmm. easily. You know, I'm very easily found. Yeah. Uh, you know, my business partners are very easily found. Uh, you know, we did, a, we did a funding round at the end of last year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which went well. We closed it in like, like six days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had, a, we had a good evaluation at the end of it, which was just over two million pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, started from zero. And yeah. now, yeah. truly, I think that, you know, our evaluation, if we were to redo it now, it's probably a lot more. Because, you know, the business has expanded more, you know, we're in a better location, mm-hmm. we're doing a lot more money. Um, and how long has that been going now, Dropout? So Dropout now is, we opened in September 2018. Yeah. Uh, the new store opened uh, in June 2022. Um, and, you know, now we, we, we're going fast, I think. It's impressive, you know. man. It really is. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I, f I think that uh, you know what what will happen is that you know we'll just keep expanding, yeah. and uh, you know I don't I don't know where we will, where we'll end, but certainly you know, we got yeah, to yeah. you know big goals type thing. Each store location, something that I want to touch on, like that. I think, like you like you said, it's next to these big brands like Dolce and Gabbana, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and that also like with some with some of the latest collabs that these brands have done, like Adidas, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, uh, Nike, just in the past week. It shows that these the clientele is a massive crossover between the two, and obviously, like you, you see that in store. Exactly, no, absolutely, like definitely. You know, I think that Dropout, both as a store and as a brand, you know, we we want to fit in, you know, in that in that narrowing sort of space between luxury and streetwear. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, look, the reality is that you know, if we take this backwards, you know, sort of fundamentally, we go to five years ago. Uh, you know, even big big artists, you know, like Skepta, definitely, you know, or, or you know, those guys can tell you that. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, you wouldn't see people that look like me sitting at the front row of the fashion show. Now, yeah. you yeah. almost only see people like me yeah. that sit at the, fresh, you know, the front row. You know, you wouldn't see, uh, you know, sort of ver someone like Virgil Abloh being, yeah. you know, the, the head of menswear for Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Yep. But, but, you know, but you, we've seen that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't see their clientele becoming my clientele, but yet, you know, now we have. Therefore, you know, it was, again, it was just a natural evolution that, you know, my store as going into the, you know what this what is called the quadrilateral in Milan, which is basically I uh, will put it like the Knightsbridge of Milan, and it's like actually the um, uh, the most expensive neighborhood in, uh, in, you know, in in Italy, and I think like the second or third top, uh, most expensive neighborhood by square meter in, uh, in Europe. Yeah. And uh, the only reason for that is because you know now the clientele that shop there they are now shopping in stores like mine, yeah. and I think that that's just going to continue and expand. But also that means that uh, you know the indivi those individuals, you know, if I can get uh, both the aspirational crowd, you know, that are trying to be kind of like us and those individuals to shop at Dropout, I can actually get them to shop Dropout. Yes. So, you know, I think that that's basically where, you know, we, we are trying to evolve and what we're trying to, to do. I think that, you know, that trend is just only going to expand. And oh, I think the, sure. the, the big fashion houses, they've seen, you know, they've seen this. That's why they're also capitalizing mm -hmm. on this. Because I think they've also realized that, for example, someone like me, who, you know, look, I've, you know, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm educated, you know, I've got, uh, I've got one university degree, I'm completing an MBA at the moment. Uh, you know, there's, there's uh, a lot of other people like me that maybe, you know, we come from a streetwear slash, you know, hip hop type background, but before we, we just feel them, you know, fool them feel at, at ease, you know, in the big yeah. fashion houses. Now those, those, those brands, they're talking to us, yeah. you know, now, and what we're doing, we're talking back. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's basically what happened and that's what's happening. Yeah, you will now see someone with a Louis Vuitton bag and a dropout bag Literally. carrying down the street where you would, I would nev you'd never see that 10 years ago. Yeah, never exactly, ever. exactly. Now you will. And that just shows where the market's going. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I wonder why it's, it's kind of gone this way. Like, do you have any, like, theories on, like, the evolution and how, how it ended up to be what it is now? I think there's a lot of it. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of the brands wanting to associate themselves with, you know, with, yeah. the, with the luxury and premium. Mm -hmm. that's, that's clearly Nike, you know, that you have on that. And... Uh, and then you also have, um, you know, and obviously, again, also Adidas, you know, collaboration with Chanel, mm -hmm. you know, th those type of situations. But then also, I think the brands have realized that, um, you know, they can target to a wider crowd. You know, they can target yeah. to, you know, if those people are paying resale money yeah. for, which are yeah. big money, for a pair of trainers for Nike, they're going to pay big money, you know, for, for Louis Vuitton and vice versa. Yeah. You know, those people are buying, because now, you know, Louis Vuitton and Dior, you know, Dior, Dior with the B22. Yeah. They've done a pair of sneakers that is literally a pair of sneakers, trainers. Yeah. Um, 
that literally you know, the same person wearing Jordan One is wearing you know B twenty two, and I'm guilty of that. You know, yeah, I'm that same yeah, person. 100%. And then you know those those brands, they've actually realized that they can raise the prices. So you know, uh, Balenciaga, you know, they've done the speed runner, and then mm -hmm. they, from a year to the other, they've raised the price. You know, of the, literally the same shoe. Mm -hmm. It's all part of a much you know of a wider sphere of you know those guys can spend, and you know we want them to spend. It's kind of like uh, you know if you think about. Uh, you know the way those uh, those uh, you know Hermes and bags and and uh, uh, yeah. those watches work. You know work. Yeah. The brands keep raising the, the retail price. Yeah. You know those brands are kind of just they've learned that actually they can do a bit of the same. Mm -hmm. You know literally we can raise the price and actually you know raise that perceived value. And uh, you know the customers are coming and the customer will just come more and more. Yeah. So you know I think those are the those are the factors. Obviously you know there's a lot more and then yeah. probably a lot of those things are kind of studied you know on the table kind of like this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know but that's obviously you know for the marketing teams to the of the brands to to, yeah. to sort of work out. Yeah, I think that crosses over to everything like the retail price is going up. Like what was it easy back in the day one thirty and now it's like two hundred and the same things happening with across all the markets cars watches everything the retail's going higher and the resale market just keeps on going the market like, just going up as well to, doesn't seem to end like where do you see cap, do you see capping out like do you see let's just say adidas the easy market dying do you see that i think topping out i think uh, i mean in terms of the price obviously to an extent that you know there's inflation and there's cost in supply chain and there's uh uh, you know, exchange rates and so on and so forth. But yeah. truly, as you've said, you know, I think the the increase is higher than the, than the inflation, really. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's again because you know the, the brands that can see that they kind of rode into that you know reasonable margin a little bit. But in terms of you know the the brand, uh, sort of, you know the, those those trends dying, I think slowly potentially, you know, because I think we've seen how we've um, we've uh, you know, for example, restocks of, yeah. of the, you know certain silhouettes. I think. Yeah, you know, obviously, yeah. I'm not sitting in the Adidas board, so I don't know why they do them. But yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, for the from the resale perspective, yeah, they they are they're basically like the the outcome, the end outcome is that they're negative for the resale industry. Yeah. And uh, being negative for the resale industry, one may argue that is negative for the for I the brand perception. Yeah. So truly, you know, I, I will think that you know, if if the uh, rate of restocks continues, then we do incur the risk that some of those trends, you know, will will go dying out eventually. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, but then again, you know, you see that like even you know, but then th there's also the ways of doing them, like you know, New Balance 550s. Mm -hmm. They are restocking, you know, in stores. Yeah. But they're not like probably you know they're not really announced. The they're, not, they're not doing like, a Yeezy Day, for example. Yeah, are they? Ex exactly, <laughs> they're not Yeezy Days. You know, like N Nike used to do. You know, Nike if Nike uh, gets uh, um, returns, they put them in the outlets. Yeah. They're, they're not shouting that you know they got returns. No. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean, like you know. So it's it's all about you know how you go about them. But I think that if the brands sort of start approaching these uh, this type of situation differently, then you know we do incur a risk. But then again, you know, for for uh, stores like mine, for example. Uh, you know, the, the game is, is also about how do we deal with that type of situation? How do we forecast that? Yeah. And, you know, it's also about having sort of, you know, contingent, contingency plans, you know, how we're going to make sure that, you know, people still look at us at the place where they're going to get ex exclusivity. They're going to get, you know, good sneakers. They're going to get, you know, what, the, what they want, you know, what, what the people are asking for, yeah. uh, you know, regardless of the premium. So I think, you know, that's, that's sort of where, uh, you know, the work for, for us is. So, you know, I think, you know, for... For the resale industry to completely die, I think probably that's unlikely because you know it's part of the marketing for the brands. Yeah. But to certain silhouettes dying, it, it is a possibility. You know, again, if if, if those factors yeah. come through, it's a strange-looking shoe. <laughs> yeah. So this is the um, Nike Yeezys Red October. Came out in February 24. Um, sorry, oops, 2015. And um, 
basically what happened is that uh, actually 2014 sorry um Kanye had already signed for uh, for Adidas mm -hmm. and uh, so you know it, it was known that I was going to leave Nike and this shoe was meant to was meant to release the October before Mm -hmm. um, well, in theory, so it was meant to release the October before, yeah. and uh, it was meant to release on Foot Locker, Nike, and some other retailers. And uh, but then for some reason, you know, so the, I think Nike and Kanye had some disagreement of some kind, and uh, the shoe didn't come out. And then there's this, um, but it was still sort of dubbed Red October, mm -hmm. you know, as a nickname. Yeah. And then there was uh, this very famous interview, like, and you know, like everyone probably saw. And uh, Kanye is in this uh, podcast with uh, with Sway, with this American uh, mm -hmm. American producer, and they're talking about the Red October. And Kanye is saying how he's basically mad at Nike because uh, he wanted the sneaker to be, you know, in uh, in his in his mates' shops, and you know, and he'd promised the shoe to his mates, but yeah. like, you know, Nike Nike wasn't gonna give it to him. He was too limited, and you know, he didn't know it was gonna come out. And then Kanye starts shouting like, "Oh, you ain't got the answers," you know, and he's he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's probably and there's a big yeah. meme about it, and it's all about this shoe. And then uh, Nike just literally randomly put, put like a tweet on this random February, like, you know, in some proper like, afternoon. And he says like the Nike AGC2 is available now. That's really? it. And then, uh, you know, after like eight minutes, you know, the shoes sold out. That's yeah. it. Game, that's it. That's the history of the, you know, the AGC2 Red October. That's, that's how the last Nike AGC, yeah. you know, dropped, which is obviously is like just leg legendary, you know, in itself. Prior to this, however, you know there was the um, there's the the platinum and the solar, which has the same mm -hmm. silhouette but different color. Mm -hmm. I actually have all three in uh, in my size. Um, which do you again, wear, do you wear all three? This this one uh, is the only one of the three that I, that, I, that I wore. Uh, you know, I'm seeing it's a bit cracked, but obviously, you know, it's, it's an old shoes or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it, it needs a it needs a paint. To be fair. It's worth the fortune now, then. Worth this one's uh, probably this this very own pair because I got the box and the box is perfect, wow. and I got both pairs and I got all tips. Yeah. We're probably talking easily ten thousand, yeah. probably ten ten thousand pounds. He did do sneakers with the LV before, and the yeah, Dons, he did. Or he, they called Dons, or? he did uh, the Louis Vuitton Dons, yes, yeah. which we also have in the store. Uh, again, even those again easily ten thousand. Um, you know, before those, he did the Nike, the, there's the Air Nike Yeezy one, yep. uh, which actually I used to have, but it's the shoe that I sold when I bought the, when I rebought the Turtle Dove. So uh -huh. I don't have those anymore. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, obviously, you know, legendary shoe. I think the rumor is that there's 2,000 pairs of this. Yeah. Uh, who knows how many dead stock? Probably not that many. Yeah, surely not nowadays. Not nowadays. <laughs> So imagine, you know, I bought, I bought three of those actually um, as an investment mm -hmm. and I sold two uh, when I opened the store and I made about double what I paid. Wow. Um, so it was Do you know roughly how long you held them for? I held them for two years more or less. It's not bad. Wow. And, uh, and now, now they will be worth even more, but you know, yeah. obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah that's good. Like that. And how much did you buy them for when you bought them? I bought those ones for f about 5k if I'm not mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah. Then I bought the other ones for about, uh, I think I bought a new pair from a guy that literally uh, got them on the drop, mm -hmm. had them on the Nike like delivery box, yeah. and uh, literally taken the, you know, he had opened the box, taken a picture, never taken them out. That's what wow. he told me anyway. Yeah. So he shipped them to me in a box, in the original Nike box that was inside wow. another box. <laughs> so I actually still have that. I still have that. Wow. Because what I did basically was the same size, so really I changed the box. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, so you know, so I did that, and uh, those I paid about four point five. Mm -hmm. Then for the solar, I paid maybe three, and for the platinum, about two. Now all of those are worth easily ten k each one of them. Crazy. Nice. Then that's I, that's I, the investment. At the same time, I bought the pair of Nike Max, which I forgot to bring. 
and uh, I paid uh, eight thousand for those. Mm-hmm. Now easily worth twenty five, yeah. thirty. Yeah, yeah. mythical that shit. They re-released, didn't they, the electronic ones? Like the actual electronic ones? So, yeah, I've got the, the ones I've got are the non-self-releasing. Yeah, the, like the OG, OG. The, the OG ones, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I tried to get the, obviously, you know, the self-releasing, couldn't get them, whatever. But, um, you know, kind of doesn't really matter. I, I mean, I actually better. prefer, I actually prefer my ones, you know. I feel like that's the real one, like when they release yeah. it. Like, I, I feel like it is with Airbus. It's the OG, you know, yeah. it is. Sure. Maybe one day I'll buy the other one. I don't know. I guess <laughs> there is one shoe that I don't know if you still got it, but it's the reverse shattered back. Oh yes, and that's a mad story. Like yeah, so that actually is a, it's not mine. It's Andreas, my business partner. It's still in the store, so it's you know everyone who comes to Drupal gets to see it, mm-hmm. and you know it's like, it's almost like the uh, the Mona Lisa of sneakers. Yeah, right? yeah. it really you know, is to be honest. You know, is uh, this basically is a Jordan one, kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, but the, you know, on the inside of the left shoe, uh, it's got the you know the the swoosh that is reversed and it's a fl- factory flow and it's perf- perfectly reversed. You know, it was perfectly stitched on the wrong way. So like, God knows how they managed to do that. But anyway, how is that passing um, quality control? Yeah, how is that passing it? Like, that's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Oh, definitely odd. Did he actually get that shoe himself? So Andrea got it at Foot Locker. Wow. So what? he got it for retail, and then he went home, and you know, obviously. You know, he, he said the story also you know, in the Vice documentary. Basically, he opened the box and he's like, wait. You know, and actually, no. You know, in the box, they come like one like that and then one the back. Yeah. And they were fine. And then he opened and then he picks <laughs> up and he's like, right, you know, I'm, I'm bringing this back. But yeah. then he thinks about it and he's like, nah, maybe not. <laughs> so, you know, so he just kept it. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously, you know, we, we had a lot of offers for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we opened up the store and, uh, you know, so we priced it as, uh, you know, as the, the basically just higher to the higher offer that we had, which was 125k euros. Yes. And then, you know, Vice came. Yeah, I've seen know, the headlines, like 150k. Yeah, 125, yeah. And the, the legend, you know, just came from there. You know, and now, you know, the shoe's there. And you know, if you want it, that's the price. Otherwise, you know, that's it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, you know, my Eminem shoe. You know, like, if, yeah. if, you, want, if you want those things. Just name your price. Know, literally, yeah, you know, yeah. that's the price. But really, you know, I'd have to say that actually... Looking back, I would say that the value of that shoe is probably now higher than that because yeah. the, the money that is generated for the store mm-hmm. is yeah. a lot. Now, put it this way. We did T-shirts with that shoe uh, slightly modified, you know, because we didn't want to get... Yeah, you know, know, so we, we, didn't, we didn't want Nike to, you know, come to yeah. us. But anyway, we did some, you know, we did hundreds of, of T-shirts. We sold them for 70 euros each. You know, you, you do the maths. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we made tons of, literally tens of thousands of money just of that. Yeah, you know, and and then the amount of people that he brings to the store, you know, they all, you know, everyone's doing the Instagram tag, everyone is doing this, everyone's doing that. So you know, easily is a lot of. Um, yeah. it's, an, it's now an attraction that shoe. Yeah. Like, it's, do you think Nike actually saw that shoe, and then went to do the um, Travis Scott's? I mean, definitely Nike know about that shoe pure, yeah. purely because you know, like Nike in Milan knows about the store. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, whether they did that afterwards. You know, honestly, not gonna Those lie. did come first. Yeah, exactly. You know, not gonna lie, I don't know, but I would say it's a good chance. Yeah, and also, I mean, more than that, you know, Slam Jam released the blazer, which has got a reverse yeah, shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, come on, you know, Slam Jam. Is, I mean, Slam Jam is from Ferrara, which is mm-hmm. a, a city, uh, no, no, in uh, it's, it's still in the northern Italy, but not not yeah. in Milan. Uh, but Slam Jam, you know, big flagship is in Milan. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. It's a good chance. Yeah. You know, look, you know, look, yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, it could be a, could be a strong I mean, coincidence. I wander around one day and it's like, oh, and you need a little clubs coming up. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, whatever. It, it's crazy how that's the chances, though, that like, you know, in your store, you actually have that one of one per that's like done all this. It's like yeah. insane. It's just like, it's a bit of like a weird, 
It's a bit of a weird one, to be fair, how it's like even managed to end up there. Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, we use it obviously as a marketing tool, yeah, but, you know, yeah. we are the, you know, we, because we, at the end of the day, yes, you know, this, the industry mainstream, but, you know, we don't, we don't forget who we are, mm. to be fair. So, you know, if you obviously, you know, you guys are welcome to go to Milan as well, you know, to the mm. store. I think it's, for yeah, every for sneaker sure. head, it's, yeah. it's worth looking at yeah, as well. Yeah, 100%. Welcome up. And, yeah, um, you know, we also have, you know, we have the Louis Vuitton Don. We also have a pair of Ari sneakers. Mm -hmm. And Ari is basically the guy that did the, this, this pair of shoes that is similar to an Air Force. Uh, but it's green. And it also that one actually got the, the, this Vush reversed. Okay. But the way he did that uh, was actually to troll Nike. And then he did the box, which was, uh, it looks like a, um, like a packet of cigarettes. So mm -hmm. it opens from the top, like a packet of cigarettes. Mm -hmm. wow. And uh, the shoe is called Ari Mental. <laughs> and he said, and where he says air in the Air Force, yeah. he said Ari, so A-R-I, kind of a troll. And basically, he got sued by Nike, and he got sued oh. by Mento. Wow, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he can't he can't own a pair of those shoes, but you know, as per yeah. the sentence. Yeah. So it's quite jokes, and you know, we have a pair that is signed by him. So, <laughs> have, you, have you seen the pair that Calvin Lamb did? Which one? Have you seen the pair that Calvin Lamb did? He basically took the um, tick off, and he put like a, it's basically like a. A dick tick. It was like I'll show you the picture after this. Oh, actually, it was like, yes, yes, it was yes, like yes, a custom. Yeah, He's yeah, pretty yeah, mad. Yeah, like, yeah. And that he went pretty viral for that. But that was a funny little. Exactly. You know. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, like no brand really liked being played with their logo, do they? So no, 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 no for sure. It's only it's an easy legal action for that minute. Like yeah, you know, exactly. You know, it's about the trade off. About you know, like how. You know, like uh, it's not really gonna impact them like two sneakers, but it's you know it's, it's about like you know like what value are you gonna get from doing that? That's kind of what you need to think mm -hmm. about, you know, when you're doing those actions. And I guess from Ari, you know, I mean, I don't really know what he does now. To be fair, even though I actually I did speak with him afterwards, um, but you know, I guess I guess it's just about you know when you're doing this, you gotta know that at the end of the day, look, you know, the, the reason why I'm here is. Part, mostly because of Nike, to be honest, you know, otherwise probably Joppa wouldn't exist. So everything I do, yeah. you know, I also need to be, you know, respectful and careful, you know, of, of their brand. Mm -hmm. I know Nike for me is a brand that I really looked up to. I, I really look up to. So yeah, yeah. I, this is one that I want to speak about. This is a pretty crazy sneaker, especially nowadays. This so, is mental. You know, I had, uh, you know, I had the, the, um, the pleasure of taking part in a lot of Nike workshops. Uh, I had a, quite a few connects, so actually I was a guest uh, for some of them. And I got uh, in total um, three pair of uh, off white signed by, by Virgil. So I sent me this one. Uh, you know, I wrote Virgil. So if you can see. And uh, it's done from my name on it in quotes. Um, then I've got a pair of Jordan ones as well, Chicago, mm -hmm. which I'm wearing today actually, where I wrote my name. Um, and actually, uh, that was kind of uh, was quite, quite cool because uh, uh, it was after a workshop and like. Um, I didn't want to bother him, like, you know, because he, mm -hmm. he was just walking around the workshops and so it was very nice. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do it when he comes out. And then uh, this, this uh, friend of mine I was with, uh, she knew the security guard of the event. So basically she said, oh, like, you know, can you tell us when he's coming out? So he told us that, look, he's going to be coming out at about this time. Mm -hmm. So I kind of waited outside and then my friend, another friend of mine that was there, uh, took a video. I've, I, I was just going to say, I remember the video you sending it and, to WhatsApp and it's, and it's gone into a car or something, isn't it? And I was also taking a video at the same time because, you know, we, it was kind of like... It's like uh, you're authenticistic. It was, was kind of like, kind of a little bit set up. So, you know, it was... Uh, then Virgil comes out with Ian Connor yeah, and yeah. he's going into this, uh, you know, into this blacked out like a uh, Range Rover mm -hmm. and I'm there with the shoe and I'm like, yo, you know, can you sign it? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he signs it. And, and, and I got the video of me walking yeah. and Virgil walking and then I got my video of him signing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, that's, that's insane. You know, yeah. multiple angles. 
And then uh, a few months later in Milan, there was this event where, you know, um, a friend of mine, you know, shout out to him, uh, again, gave, gave me an invite and it was like 10 people and Virgil doing this talk. And um, I think it was also about the future of streetwear, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, you know, I knew that it was just, it was a closed doors event. So I brought another pair of, of uh, Jordan ones and he, he signed it right in Dropout. So that's now displayed in the store. Obviously, you know, that's really, it's not for sale. To be yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's just like, like this one. Obviously, as I say, you know, I don't say, sort of never say never, because say, you know, if tomorrow I really need the money, I would be silly mm -hmm. to say yeah. oh, I'm going to die with it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to sell them. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's why, you know, that's sort of, you know, the story with that, you know, it came from one of those events, uh, you know, just signed it for me. But probably actually, you know, I guess the, the coolest story, you know, if I'm with it, it's probably this one. Um, you know, this is the not for resale Jordan one. Now, those ones actually did come out as a kind of not general release, but you know, more I mean, less limited version yeah, in the yeah, red like one. A lot of outlets got them yeah. uh, in, in the red ones. But those ones, basically, I was in LA, and those ones were only coming out on LA uh, during ComplexCon. Mm -hmm. Only mm -hmm. I think in two stores. One was the one Nike store, and one was uh, um, I think Dover Street Market, if I'm not wrong. And I really wanted that because you know it says not for resale, which is kind of the joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you know this yeah. one says no, and the other one says photos, and then it says please. You know, and the other one says Chris, because you know, you know how the, you know, obviously mine is Chris. Yeah. So you know how um, everyone is like kind of focused on not creasing their kicks. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I wear my kicks yeah. mostly. Yeah. And uh, you know, this one says me, and the other one says where. And then inside it says sorry, this pair is not numbered. I don't know if you can see. <laughs> so you know, it's it's all it's all kind of joke. Yeah. yeah so cool. you know, I, I really like the concept, so I bought them. And uh, well, I actually bought them for re for resale. And uh, you know, I, the guy that basically uh, you know sort of gave me the pair. He gave me, I think, like three pairs for like eight hundred dollars each, and then uh, now like you can buy oh, them for less than five grand. Yeah, yeah, actually. that's not cheap shit. Like, and they, you know, they literally only came out then. That's not so you know, even then, I, I thought that like, you know, I think this is gonna be a good investment. So yeah. I bought you know one to wear. I mean, it was kind of you know one to rock, one to stock. Yeah, uh, you know, one to flip. As you did. <laughs> but you know, well, I, you know, I flipped too. So you know, I've only got this one now. But it's an amazing yeah. story. That's yeah, it's crazy. So. I don't even know what I was going to say then, to be fair. I think we need to wrap up, don't we, Rob? How much is left in that? We got how much? Ah, oh, sweet then. Oh, we should talk about this one, to be fair. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So, these ones, and these was actually like, these was a relatively easy cop, to be fair, wasn't they? So, if you could tell us a little bit about the story behind these and, you know, did um, you pay resale for these? Or? Awesome. Well, I mean, this easy, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say easy. Um... So those ones actually I got multiple pairs. Mm -hmm. um, now someone's gonna hate me for this, but anyway. <laughs> so I got uh, so those ones basically collab between Adidas, Chanel, and Farrell. So triple collab, and again you know another uh, example of luxury and street were meeting. Farrell mm -hmm. uh, had already done a number of limited edition NMD NMDUs, as those are called, and uh, Colette was a you know big big store in the street were seen um, closing. Uh, I think. Uh, Sarah Colette decided to close the store and, you know, our family, whatever, I don't know why. Nevertheless, they did some uh, charity event and they did a charity raffle where a thousand of those pairs will be um, raffled and given to, um, and given to uh, you know, whoever the, the, the winners were for the retail price of 1,000 euros and the money go to, go to charity estate. So um, I, I won the raffle for a start. Uh, so, you know, I got a pair via that. Then someone actually owed me a favor and so they gave me a pair. Mm -hmm. from you know from that sector <laughs> and then uh, someone else won the won the raffle and actually uh, basically kind of cooled them from the money so i gave them the money gave them very little on top so i had three pairs on the drop 
Then when we opened the store, someone uh, texted us saying, oh, uh, you know, I've got a pair of those Pharrell shoes. And uh, he had also won the raffle, mm-hmm. but he didn't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because they weren't his size. Yeah. So he gave them to us for 2,000 euros. Now, those are shoes that at the, at the beginning were flipping for like 10 grand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then later for like four, five, now maybe for like three, four. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we bought the pair from him. You know, I flipped the other ones. Um, and now, you know, now I've got this one at home and then, you know, the, the other one is actually still in the store. We, we have it for a sort of very high price, but like, there's not much interest of to yeah. say. So they're not really easy to flip, but you know, it's good image. Cause you know, people, f- cause also, you know, not this one, but the other one says, um, I can't remember if he says Chanel or it's got a Chanel. Yeah, I think, it, I yeah. think it does say Chanel. Uh, so, you know, I think, yeah, it says Chanel actually. Yeah. So, you know, like people say, oh, Chanel, what is that? So, you know, it's another, it's another one where, you know, people sort of make content with it. I yeah. think that's one of the first, like one of the first high brand um, and collabs, and yeah, collabs for sure. Especially Chanel, you never see. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it was a rarity at that time. It was a rarity. Yeah. But I think if I'm, I'm, I might say something stupid, but I think that there was already a Louis Vuitton Nike collab that was existing. I think. I think yeah. so. It wasn't the first, first, but you know, yeah. it was, uh, it was, it was very, it was something unusual for sure. And it was, yeah, and it was one of the most notable drops I remember. I remember hearing about it because that was when I just got into retail and I was like, you know, they're buying him for a thousand, they're going for seven grand. Yeah. I was like, Phew. I was like, that's insane. And, you know, that's like the times when it can get you hooked. And it's like, it's like with like, you know, Jordans and Dior, you know, like when you hear about them stories where you've got the chance to like, like get a shoe that's worth so much, even if you don't resell it, you know, it's, it's inspiring and, you know, it's an amazing shoe, and I'm I'm very good that we missed that one. Yeah, I, I remember the job was just like we were planning like it'd be worth it to go over like it's easy worth <laughs> it like we just get a flight to Paris if we win, but obviously none of yeah. us won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I got mates that took you know the Eurostar, um, yeah, to, to take it. I mean that's what else I did. With I came and went in a day. You know that's that's one thing that I very grateful. You know from the sneaker and street scene, it allowed me to travel a lot to meet a lot of you know cool people. Uh, you know, I've been to, you know, I've been to LA, to New York, law, I've been, you know, to Paris, I've been to a lot of events. I go to, obviously, I live between London and Milan, to be fair. So, you know, and again, it's all because of this. So, you know, other than the money aspect, I mean, you know, there's a lot, you know, I think, um, yeah, it's more than that. for me, at least, you know, it, re- it really, you know, sort of gave me a story to tell, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which I think is, is, is quite cool. You know, I think, say, you know, if, if uh, tomorrow everything ends, you know, I will have something, I will, I will have good memories, yeah. you know, and I will have a, you know, a good network and, you know, some maids that I've done, you know, outside of this, outside of the business industry as well. So, you know, that's, that's what I enjoy about this. Anyway, I can't see it all coming to an end, to be honest. It seems like it's just growing and growing. So No, no, exactly. You know, but I, I put it like, you know, say for me personally, for whatever yeah. reason, you know, yeah. but I, yeah. I, again, I, I don't think so, but, yeah, you know, exactly. in fact, I, I think actually, Possibility is, I say, you know, if I was, you know, again, you know, obviously I plan still to continue my, you know, sort of regular doctor's job, but if I was to take a break from that, you know, I think I would maybe be more likely than actually to take a break from the street scene, because I think, mm-hmm. you know, I find, I find it, you know, obviously medicine is incredibly fascinating, and uh, yeah. even there, you know, I get to deal with different people every day and so on, but, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's even, you know, for some extent more fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really, I think I got this double privilege, because, you know, you know, going to medical school and then you know, working as a doctor is a huge privilege for sure. But then, you know, doing this is also a big privilege. So, you know, I think that I'm, you know, I wouldn't say, I don't really like the word lucky because I think that, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I worked really yeah, to yeah, do what yeah, I exactly. do. But, you know, I think I'm certainly, you know, in a, in a good position, I guess. Yeah, million percent. Amazing, should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think that's, your story's been amazing. Like, I'm so glad to get you on. Like, this is one podcast that I did really want to do. Like, Yeezy Mafia was definitely a part or something that got me in to the sneaker scene and kept me in the sneaker scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you boys totally yeah, agree. Yeah, um, 
and we'll definitely be over to Milan to see Dropout Store. We'll um, definitely come over for a little vlog. So yeah, it's been amazing. Well, thank Appreciate you. It. Thank you very much. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you. Thanks.